Life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to GameIndustry.com's The Gin Lounge. I'm John Breeden, your chief lounge lizard, and your host for this episode of the show. Today, we're going to be following up on an E3 editorial that we ran the other week, talking about what actually sells a game these days. And joining me in the lounge today is Marie and Neil, uh, both people who uh, know pretty much what they like in games, uh, pretty pretty hardcore about what they like and what they don't like. So welcome to the lounge today, guys. Thanks. Uh, so today uh, we're talking about, we're actually following up on uh, Lisa Campos. She was at E3 uh, covering the show. And uh, if you want to see her article, you can go to uh, GameIndustry.com and simply ch- uh, click on the E3 Expo coverage button. And you can see the about uh, 50 or so articles that we filed <laughs> during E3. Um, so we pretty much covered the show from top to bottom. Um, but one of the interesting things that she wrote, was she always writes one big long piece about basically just what she saw at the show that was cool and, you know, walking around and and meeting with people and things like that. And the interesting thing about it this year, uh, at least it was surprising to me, uh, talking to the panel a little bit before the show today, it wasn't too super surprising to a lot of other people. But to me, one of the things that I thought was surprising was that she said that graphics – weren't really pushed these this time at E3. It was almost sort of like an afterthought. Uh, I mean, in previous shows that I'd been to, they were like, you know, look at the look at these graphics, look how cool they are, and look at the pixel count. And I guess I did see a little bit of that, like at the Microsoft show when they were showing like Call of Duty, and they were they were showing like how realistic that dog was and stuff like that. Um, so. But but for the most part, you know, on the actual show floor, like and, and during her actual meetings, nobody really brought brought up the graphics. Uh, so she was basically suggesting that other things sell games these days. So I wanted to talk to our panelists today about what they thought sold games and what what they thought was uh, was interesting uh, about games these days. So Marie, let's let's start with you. You were one of the people that weren't surprised at all about what Lisa was saying about the about the graphics. Well, no, I think that's because. Um People are kind of underwhelmed with the advances that happen now. I think you have to be uh, fairly sophisticated in terms of of understanding graphics and how they work um, to not so much see the difference but care about the difference. You know, when when PS4 was revealed, um, or I guess teased, (laughs) it's really been revealed, but... um, So the first reveal. Yeah, the first reveal (laughs) for PS4. Uh, they did talk about the graphics, and you know, I think the general reception was, meh. you know, it it wasn't that people weren't, you know, didn't they look good, and a lot of actually the the point of the the graphics talk for the PS4 was about all the distinct individual images you could have moving on the screen at one time, which isn't the same thing as sharpness and clarity, you know. I think we've gotten to the point where. You know, the graphics are amazing. That's great. But, you know, how much more amazing can they be? Well, you know, they can start to get creepy. You know, I mean, it, because there is there is sort of a phase in which you can you can reach graphics that if if you're not careful with your character construction, you know, it, it basically does get creepy. 
So I think I think developers are trying to sort of skirt that edge where it's amazing and it looks cool, but it's, it's not creepy. And I think at this point they just kind of, you know, that that's not their big push the way that it once was. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think you're right. I mean, I think it it kind of depends. Like, I, I think they're the graphical clarity i think people expect it like in the landscape more so than the characters i was noticed like for example i was playing uh i was playing the last of us um the other night and uh shella and i did an entire show on the last of us and about the plot uh in, in there and, and how well the story was and everything but just speaking of the graphics in particular the characters i mean they look they look good i mean the ella looks uh you know the, the characters look real and everything but they don't look hyper real i mean they're there but you can sort of tell that they're a character but then there were times when i would come up on like a beach for instance and there would be like a little stream of water running through the sand and i would kind of stop and be like wow that water looks really real and i just kind of wanted to stand in it and play in it and stuff and that was kind of cool so um but i mean we're talking about a a ps3 game so so, i mean how much more realistic are you going to get on the ps4 so i i don't know um neil neil what about you were you surprised at all by the uh by lisa and her um and her basically uh saying that the the graphics weren't the weren't the focus anymore um not really uh in all actuality, if you really look at it, I mean, because in 64 to PS2, you had that, oh my god, look at that, look at that difference. PS2 to 360, PS3, like, oh my god, look at that difference. And then you go from like PS3 to, uh, PS4, it's kind of like, I think the grass looks a little bit prettier. I don't see a difference. So the, that epic, I mean, they're moving forward, but that epic jump just isn't there anymore. On the PS2, uh, which was – that was kind of like the thing where it was like – it was inter- – the interesting thing is that when we went to the PS2, everybody was saying that uh, the PS2 was was – the graphics, there were little elements of games where the graphics were, oh my gosh, that's beautiful. But there was still a need to go from PS2 to, to PS3 or from, from Xbox to Xbox 360, right? I mean, you could still, there wasn't, there weren't any real games on the, on the Xbox or the PS2, Neil, that you remember, do you, that where, where they were just, I mean, the hype, there was no hyper realism yet. Uh, not off recent memory. Most of the games I remember, they're PS2-wise, like, the graphics were average, and maybe the cinematics were amazing, but actual full-time graphics usually would be above average by now. Right, right. No, that, that does make, that makes sense. So, yeah, I mean, I remember, like, a lot of the, a lot of the PS2 stuff that I played, uh, that I thought were really good. I mean, there were some games that looked neat, but they were stylized looking neat. Um, it, uh, it wasn't really hyper real. And then on the PS3, that's when we started to see, uh, that's when I started to see sort of the hyper real stuff. I mean, um, and, and then in, I guess in recent memory, you can say that it, um, you, you can look at like, for example, the difference between uh, um, and Maria. I'm sure Maria will want to comment on this, but the difference between like Oblivion and Skyrim, for instance, uh, as far as just looking at at Bethesda games. I mean, Oblivion was beautiful, but Oblivion was basically a fairy tale. Look, the way the graphics looked, and then 
obli- and then Skyrim looks kind of like a real a real place. Yeah, and I think you know one of the one of the things that is happening now for graphics is that they they've gotten so good that it's almost bad when you see you know something that's so realistic it takes you out of the game. You, you know what I mean? It's it's almost like you you want your players to enjoy their visual experience, obviously, but you don't want the visual experience to overwhelm the storyline or the immersion effect because then you have people who who stop and pause and wonder at the image. But I don't know that that's really desirable anymore because it's you know the ideal goal I would think of graphic design is for it to be, you know, blurred in. It's kind of like when you're reading a book and you're conscious of good writing, that's a bad thing because it takes you out of the story, you know? Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, like, for example, like last night when I was, when I was, when I was playing The Last of Us and I stopped to play in the stupid stream, I mean, the stream is, isn't even part of the game really i mean it's just part of the background but i was i was like oh that's really neat and then i was like i wonder if i run through the stream if the waves that i create are gonna are gonna go through the rock and go downstream you know or they'll keep going and right. i was playing See, with it and stuff. Sudden, right and i think that's i think that's a bad thing because it's it's drawing your attention away from the storyline and, and from gameplay and i think that was a common experience when graphics first started to get good. I mean, I know when Skyrim came out, um, a, a lot of players, myself included, would just wander around to look at the vista from various parts of the game, <laughs> you know. But that's that's almost part of Elder Scrolls is, is, you know, because it's an open environment and you can walk around and do all these things, that's not really taking you out of the game experience. That's part of the game experience. But when you're playing something that has a more linear storyline and you get sidetracked by your environment, um, that's, that's not necessarily a good thing. And, you know, I, I think that's sort of the, um, fine line that game designers are playing now. It almost sounds like uh, we we've we, it almost sounds exactly what you're saying about graphics sounds almost exactly like what we said about soundtrack a few years ago when we were talking about the the soundtrack and we actually interview people like Chance Thomas and people like that who do uh, um, soundtracks for video games and their point was that this the soundtrack. Yeah, like for the intro or whatever, you want it to be, you know, boisterous and and amazing and everything. But then when you're actually in the game, you really want the soundtrack to almost go unnoticed. You want it to be like – you want the graphics to be like – or you want the sound to be appropriate for the environment. So, you know, spooky if you're in a spooky area or whatever. But you don't want it to be out in front. You don't want it to be noticed. You want it to be part of the story. And it almost sounds like graphics are – having to fall into that as well, where you have to be careful, you know, that they don't overstep the gameplay, which is kind of a weird concept. But, I mean, is that that's sort of what you're yeah, saying, Yeah, I Marie, think right? that that's exactly what I'm saying, is that, you know, you don't want any single element at this point in a game to draw, its, draw attention to itself above the other elements, because um, that sort of breaks gameplay. 
it, it breaks the immersive experience. If you're conscious of the soundtrack, if you're conscious of the graphics, if you're, if you're conscious of the storyline and the dialogue, you know, and that's, that's different for reviewers who are, who are specifically looking for these things. But I'm just talking about your average gamer sitting down to play. You, you want that immersive experience where all the elements are equally balanced so that none of them are drawing attention to themselves and taking you out of the game. Uh, if I right. if I may step in for a moment, I actually want to agree with Marie. Uh, horror games are a great example of this with sound effects. The difference between a good or a bad horror game is whether or not they used it, too many sound effects, whether or not they're there that you can that distracts you. Yeah, I guess you want it. You want it to be Neil. I guess you want it to be creepy. You want to hear every now and then. You want to hear, yeah, you know, creaking boards or, or something like that. But you don't want it to be constant, or then it's just it becomes not scary anymore. Absolutely, and mundane is the worst thing that could happen to a horror game because that <laughs> that once in a while scratching you hear is what creeps you out. If you keep hearing, it, it's like eh, more scratching. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. Uh, watching because one of my favorite of the horror series is the Silent Hill series. Although it's yeah, not, we could do a whole show about how that it's sort of gone downhill since Silent Hill three. Uh, but in Silent Hill three, there was one. There was one scene where um, there was some mannequins. You were in a room in the mall, and there were some mannequins or something. And then you looked at them, and that was cool. And then you you looked away, and then I think like they fell over or something, or they moved, or there was a sound, and you looked, and they had moved. And I was like, oh, that was so creepy. That was like the scariest thing in the whole game. And they they weren't even hostile or anything. It was just an element. And I was like, why don't they do that again? I'm like, well, if they did it a lot, then it loses itself. So I guess graphics are sort of becoming that way. So so what does so what does sell a game this day, these days? That's what I wanted to I wanted to find out. So Neil, I assume you don't you don't look at oh wow, I want to see these graphics when you when you go to when you when you grab a game because that was one of the things that that Lisa was asking was like, you know, what does sell a game these days? So for you, Neil, what do, what do you look for in a game? What's the, what's the top, you know, the top, the top one or two things that you want to get when you, when you pick up a game and I'm assuming it's probably not graphics. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, it kind of depends on the genre, to be honest. If it's a role-playing game, the two things I want to have a role-playing game is characters and story. Those are the two things that it has to have. I mean, my favorite, one of my favorite role-playing games of all time was from PS1. I mean, everything there is, the sword is a giant pixel square. I mean, do I care? No. <laughs> uh, strategy game, uh, characters, story, uh, functionality of controls and battle system. Those are the biggest things I want there. Fighting games, roster. I don't care if, it, if the graphics look like Street Fighter 1. If the roster is great, I'm all for it. And you're you're playing a game now that has a pretty intense roster, right? Yes, it's actually uh, called Project X Zone. It's on uh, 3DS. It's pretty much the very best from every Capcom, Namco, Bandai, and Sega game you can think of. Uh, I mean, they went. I mean, the graphics look like a throwback a little bit. If I had to give graphics examples, you're probably looking at a, a, a last generation Fire Emblem game. So, I mean, not overly great, but at the same time, I mean, you're looking at Mega Man makes a return, which our reviewer Vincent Mahoney's a big fan of. I mean, Chris and Jill from Resident Evil, uh, 
Jin from Tekken, uh, Ryu and Ken from Street Fighter. I mean, they really went no holds barred in this thing. And I'm 21 chapters in the game. I'm still collecting new people. No, you're kidding. Wow. Well, so that's sort of like the opposite of uh, there was another game that uh, uh, another one of our reviews is looking at um, with the uh, the Marvel, the Marvel superheroes game where it's like you get like four characters and, <laughs> and, he, and he hates it because of that. Yeah. Um, cur- currently on this game, I'm on chapter 21, I believe. I currently have 44 characters. Oh, my God. Wow. Well, that's pretty cool. I mean, most of them are put in teams <laughs> of two, so it's not like unruly. But at the same time, I'm sitting there going, "That's a lot of characters." Especially when they brought some from my favorite, game, one of my favorite games, Residence of Fate. That was definitely different. Hmm. Cool. That's cool. All right, uh, Marie. What about you? What do you look for in in, in a game? Uh, what's the top like one, two, maybe even three things that uh, that makes you go out and actually buy a game? Well, I'm like Neil. I'm big characters and story person, and then I'm also a tremendous environment person i i love an open environment game um and the more freedom i have to do whatever i want in a game the happier i am um and from that, that standpoint i think what i what i was saying earlier about balance in modern games becomes critical to to balance out all the elements so that um you know they they all sort of flow evenly together and I think there are a lot of games that have good individual components, but the sum of the parts is is not as good as they are individually. The, the whole doesn't ever come together. Um, so I, I do look for games that are nicely balanced, you know, in terms of, of all the elements. They've got a great soundtrack. They've got good visuals. They've got great characters and a great storyline. Well, then I'm sold. You know, Dishonored was right. was like that. And and Dishonored, um, actually the only drawback I would say to Dishonored is that it's a, if you want to play in stealth mode, it's an incredibly challenging game, even in, on the easy, easiest setting, um, to play a fully stealth game is really challenging. And I can't tell if that's because I'm impatient <laughs> or if it's actually, or if it's actually difficult. Um, that's a good question. Um, well, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a stealth gamer and I, I didn't find it, I didn't find it too terribly difficult, but I think that's because uh, I don't mind sitting on a rafter for 10 minutes watching the patrol routes and figuring out the exact second to strike, because that's how I play like Skyrim <laughs> anyway. See, I think that we both know that you have more patience than I do. <laughs> Evidence, Yakuza 3, and all those orphans. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> so, I, think, I think really the issue I had with Dishonored was I was fine playing it, you know, just regular when I was playing in, in sort of a more chaotic, you know, run in and kill people mode. But when I tried to go back and do stealthy, I think I should have the patience for stealth. I think that's really, <laughs> but that's a classic game of, of wonderfully balanced elements. You know, it's got a great soundtrack. It's got great sound effects. It's got great characters, really interesting story, beautifully rendered environment. You know, well, I think what you were kind of rallying against really was it was, it was, I mean that's sort of the way I like to play a game anyway, mm-hmm. like in stealth mode. But I think I think that game forced you to do it. I mean more or less. Like you could go in guns blazing or whatever, but then you knew you weren't going to get the great ending if you did right. it that way. I, I so. found that kind of frustrating because I think that if a game says you can play either or, you should legitimately be able to play either or without giant roving rats eating you, <laughs> you know, right? Every five <laughs> seconds, if you if you choose one style over another. 
Um, and that was really my only, my only complaint about that game because it was otherwise, you know, fantastic. But I think we also have other games that are well balanced where the graphics are simpler, like, um, Unfinished Swan. There's mm-hmm. nothing complex about the graphics in Unfinished Swan, but it's a, it's a wonderfully balanced game. All the elephant, all the elements, all the elephants, that's hilarious. All the elements They're come elephants. together so beautifully, you know, in that game. Rain is another is another game that just comes together so beautifully, you know. So I really I don't think I don't think that it's an issue of of um, you know your graphics always have to be stellar and amazing. I think they just have to be equally balanced in with the rest of the game. Yeah, for me, for me personally, I had to think about this a bit too. Like, what 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 makes me get excited about about a new game? And for example, like today, uh, well, as of the day that we're recording this, there's a new Grand Theft Auto uh, Five trailer that came out. Um, and you know, so I'm looking, I'm looking at the trailer, and obviously they're they're showing the graphics without really showing the graphics, mm-hmm. right? Um, I mean, they're they're obviously they're you're showing you on a motorcycle and, and, and swimming and all kinds of stuff, right? So, but, but I think what they're really showing off is the fact that it's an open world. And that's what really got me excited. Yeah, I looked at the graphics. I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's cool. You know, the motorcycle looks like a motorcycle or whatever. But, you know, they can do the same thing with a game like a like a racing game where it's like, oh, look, you can see the, the individual tire detail on the car. And that doesn't really get me excited. What gets me excited is, is, wow, he can ride a motorcycle. He can he can fly a plane. He can swim. And I'm thinking, I bet there are missions where you can approach it in different ways or even ignore the mission altogether. And I'm just like, I can't wait to just, you know, drive around L.A. and go buy a churro or something. You know? if, uh... <laughs> it's like. With the graphics, I mean, just look back earlier in the series. Grand Theft Autos 3, San Andreas, and Vice City, neither of which had great graphics, all were well-loved. Mm, that's true, and I did go back and repurchase um, uh, Vice City as a PlayStation 3 um, uh, download uh, to, to play Vice City again. Uh, and the graphics are, you know, I'm looking at the graphics, and they're like, eh, you know, I actually playing it the second time, you know, on on the modern hardware, I'm I'm kind of like, man, I I really didn't think the graphics were that bad. You know, I was like, uh, they were in my mind, they were a lot better than they actually were. So, but I still am totally enjoying the game because of the open world and because of all the funny stuff. You know, you just because it's a game where you're just driving. You know, you're driving to do something, and some somebody steps out in front of you, and you accidentally hit them, and you cause this big traffic accident that turns into a street brawl. And you know, you didn't plan it to happen, but it just happened, and it's fun, so you kind of go with it. Um, you know, so open world for me is a big thing. And then, um, which brings up like Lisa was talking with the people who are making the Thief game at E3, and she asked them because I asked her to if um, if it was going to be uh, an open world game, and they said no, it's not really an open world game. You know, you you go on missions and it, it's kind of linear, and so a game doesn't have to be open world because I'm still excited about Thief. But if it's not an open world, then they have to really concentrate on the story arc, and that linear path that they're going to put you on really has to be set up with a lot of amazing bells and whistles and things like that. So so my preference would be open world and then followed by uh, story and gameplay. And really, um, graphics for me is almost like 
like Marie was saying, it was it's almost like secondary. If they're bad, you know, if people are walking around like they have sticks up their butt or something, then that kind of sucks. But but I'm not going to go into a game and think, you know, it has to have the most amazing graphics. And that's why I think uh that's why I think that the the PS4 and the and the Xbox um one I almost think they kind of jumped the gun because I don't know if they're necessarily needed. I, I, what do you what do you think, Marie? I mean, I mean, when you sit down in front of your PlayStation Three or your Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, because I know you have both, are there very many games or any games that come up where you think uh, this is a great game, but darn, I wish the graphics were better? No. Well, and the other problem I have, I think, with the with both the PS Four and the and the Xbox One is that um, what I really wanted out of the next phase of gaming. Um, is not at all what they seem to focus on. You know, they they both seem to be very focused on, um, particularly the Xbox One, on the you know tyranny of your current TV setup. And <laughs> you know, my my TV does not scare me. Um, I don't feel that there's I'm missing anything. Um, and I and I don't need a game console to control my television for me. Like I don't I don't really know why they went in that direction. Um, if I could make a game console do anything for me, it would be to allow me to play PC games on my console. Because I have a laptop and I don't really want another desktop and I, you know, would like to have access to games that I don't currently have access to either because I just don't want to burn out my laptop, um, or they simply, you know, they're too overwhelming to play in that way. Um, you know, that's really what I'd like from a game console. I want, you know, and then I, so, you know, things like the Steam box, I think, seem very appealing. But, you know, from the standpoint of, of what has, what has Sony and, and Microsoft off, offered me in terms of these new consoles, you know, I, I haven't really heard it yet. Well, and I think it's telling that, like, some of the games that I'm looking forward to, like Watch Dogs, for instance, which you can do all, uh, everything that I just said. You can do the checks. It's open world. Absolutely. That's one of the big things. It's also um, – it also seems to have a pretty cool backstory where all those little people walking along the street, you can hack their phones and find out, you know, if they're paying their child support or something. I mean, it seems like an amazing thing. I'm, I would love to do that, you know, in real life, just kind of walk around and be sort of like, you know, God fly on the wall type thing so it seems perfect it's coming out for the ps3 and the ps4 and the xbox one and the xbox 360 so it's almost like you know i, I mean, it's cool that it's coming out on all different consoles because it's more of a chance that i'll be able to get it without having to buy a new console but then is there really a need for it to be on the police the playstation 4 when you can play the game on the playstation 3 i mean you know obviously the graphics, I'm guessing that a lot of the demos, the graphics were probably running off a of PlayStation 3 and not a PlayStation 4. Yeah, I'm fairly certain so, that was also the case. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I don't think that, I don't think that Ubisoft had, um, a PlayStation 4, at least for a lot of those demos they were making, because those are, those are pretty early demos that we saw. So, you know, is there really a need, at least graphically speaking, to go to the new console for a game like that? It, well, it doesn't I seem like it. I don't think it's from a graphics perspective. Now, the power perspective, yes, in terms of, you know, individual images on the screen. You know, like, how nice would it be to have um, a console powerful enough to really populate the villages of, say, Skyrim? You know, mm. with, with more, 
you know, because how many characters are wandering around on the screen that you can interact with, you know, that that has to do with with the engine. It doesn't really have to do with the graphics so much, although obviously the better the graphics are, the more complicated it is to have multiple characters on the screen. Yeah, and like with the Grand Theft Auto title, for instance, you, you on the on the PC, um, they they run pretty smoothly. But like on the on the console, occasionally you'll do you'll see things like cars. You'll see when the game loads a car, you know, because it's loading within your sight distance and it just sort of appears right. and things like that. So that type of thing would probably would probably disappear well, with the with the even with the Grand Theft Auto console. games. I mean, sort of in in something like Skyrim, you can sort of suspend bend disbelief that these villages just don't have that many people in them. But, you know, when you're driving through L.A. and there's only, you know, five cars on the road, um, <laughs> that's, you know, that's just not realistic. And modern, and and for me, that actually is more of a, more of a, um, an issue uh, with those games because, you know, you drive around and you're like, well, I live in a highly congested urban area and this isn't one. <laughs> so, you know? so if Grand Theft Auto... If Grand Theft Auto V was realistic, um, you'd be like, okay, here's my next mission point. It's five blocks away. It should take you about a half hour to get there in L.A. traffic. <laughs> yeah, I don't necessarily want to be that realistic. But it would be like like if traffic jams and that number of, of objects on the screen could exist in, in high resolution, it would be kind of cool to like you know drive down the alley or – or it would make the motorcycle experience more important because you'd have to, you know, split lane between, you know, these massive LA traffic jams. You know, th- there's there's something to be said for the be- the ability to do that kind of gaming. Right, makes sense. Neil, what were you saying? Uh, that actually, believe it or not, there's actually one game I've played that graphics were a big part of it. Okay. In actuality, it was Ace Combat Assault Horizon. Oh, Ace Combat. Yeah, yeah, because that was a simulation, right? That was that was um that was one where yeah, you 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 thought you were actually there in a um uh like an uh fighter jet. And yeah, that that that's true. So that was kind of a simulation. I believe that was one of the ones where if you had the um if you had a flight stick and stuff like that, and you were training to be a pilot, you could actually somehow log hours on it or something it, by, it, you know... It wasn't unnecessarily... I mean, it was a simulator-like, yes, but, I mean, the biggest part of this game was just shooting a plane and just watching it explode into a whole bunch of pretty colors. And <laughs> if it had bad graphics, I mean, it just it would have had the same... I mean, yeah, it had audio backing it up, but... I mean, without the good graphics, it wouldn't have been the same chasing a plane through a ravine where if I tilted the wrong way, I would have lost a wing. Yeah, yeah, okay, I got you. So, so yeah, I guess it, de- I guess it depends on the game. So, all right, well, I don't really have a final question too terribly much for you guys. I mean, because I sort of asked it, and I wanted to know what what sells a game, what sells a game for you. So, um, I guess just as sort of, do we? I guess I'll just ask for a final thought. Uh, Marie, what do you, what do you think? Um, do you think Lisa um, and actually the gaming companies that she covered were were on the mark? Do you think that they're taking the right track? I mean, despite what the what you know, Microsoft and what Sony are going to do because you know they they put out a new console, so they they've sort of at some point got to show us the graphical power of it. But do you think that games are are doing the right thing that uh, to you know sort of downplay the the graphics in favor of other elements in the new games that are coming out? I think that that the the, the developers are absolutely doing the right thing um, in in not going into all these you know yay graphics and instead you know talking about the overall game 
Um, because I, I really do think that as modern gaming moves forward, that balance is going to be the critical the critical function. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder 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 if we can wonder if there's a way that we can well we can talk to the reviewers, but I'm just I'm wondering if there's a way that we can sort of quantify that balance. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess it's just sort of like if they get it right, it'll be a better overall score. Neil, Neil what do you think? Is it is sort of a good direction? Are you afraid that suddenly games are going to look like crap if, if the graphics aren't concentrated on? <laughs> no, and actually, I think this is a long overdue direction because there was a big stint there for a long time that was just, hey, here's 15 games uh, with all the really gorgeous graphics. It's like, yeah, but 14 of them suck. <laughs> and, I mean, I hate to sound like Todd on this, but, I mean, EA, uh, a lot of companies like that just flooded the market with all these games that had pretty graphics, no stories, bad control glitches, just nonstop errors, poor character development, poor voiceover. And I'm glad to see that they're saying, okay, maybe we should focus on the things that make the game. Mm. That's true. Well, maybe maybe we're into a grand uh, a grand rebirth of uh, of of gaming uh, the gaming elements that uh, that people tend to really like. So we'll have to see how that we'll have to see how that goes. Um, I know that there's not that many games uh, that we talk about storyline and we talk about uh, character development things like that. Maybe with a decreased emphasis in graphics, we'll get we'll get some more of that. So we'll have to, we'll have to see how that goes as the uh, as the new uh, consoles come out and as the uh, the new next generation of games follow on all right well thank you guys for joining me today here in the lounge uh anybody who's listening in uh you can write to us at ginlounge at gameindustry.com we'd love to hear from you what you think what do, what do you guys think uh makes a uh makes a game why why do you get excited about a game you know maybe it is the graphics i don't know but maybe it's other elements too let us know uh if you have an intelligent enough comment uh we might uh actually read it on the air so there you go that'll be fun um we're also at google Plus, Facebook, uh, Pinterest. Um, I believe that's all of them. Um, you can get to all the places that we're at by going to GameIndustry.com. There's little buttons right there that you can click. Oh, we're also on Twitter, of course. Can't forget the tweeting, <laughs> the, the constant tweeting. Um, that's a, a fun way uh, that you can keep in touch with us as well. Um, okay, well, I will see you all next week right here at GameIndustry.com's The Gin Lounge. Until then, uh, let's uh, hope that the new games uh, follow suit and have some, some really amazing stories and some really great open worlds and things like that to go along with all the fancy graphics that hopefully we can start taking for granted. Take care, everybody. I'll see you next week right here at the Gin Lounge.